0: primary ignition. This is
1: Star Wars. Look
0: out! Core World News. You may fire when ready.
2: From Traitor's Remorse to Pandem Die, I'm Rex Condat, and you're listening to Core World News. Welcome to a special episode all about Alexander Freed's novel, Alphabet Squadron. Now for a spoiler filled discussion with your hosts, Beth, Grant,
0: and Adam. Excellent, Grex. Thank you. It's, this is, uh, I feel like this episode's been a, a long time coming. We've been teasing it for the last uh, couple <laughs> of weeks. Uh, but we finally, we all made it through and we're all ready to talk about it. And, and, you know, not to skip to the end, but I think we're all pretty excited to talk about this book. I think we all really enjoyed it. Where are your kind of overall thoughts about it?
2: Well, the ending was certainly a firestorm. I have to say that.
1: <laughs> uh,
2: I loved it. I thought this was an excellent, excellent novel. How' it a uh I think a lot of people have shared this kind of common consensus that his descriptions are incredible the way he describes the yeah. ships uh, flying through space and in AtMO and out of Atmo. It's just it's so interesting. Uh, love to see more of them. And it looks like we're going to get more books. Following yep. this one, so yeah, two more. He
1: mentions goes. it in the um he mentions it in the postscript. Uh, thank, Thankford, or what is it, Thankford? The acknowledgements. Yeah, the, the
2: acknowledgements.
1: acknowledgements yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I prefer Thankford, but I like that. Yeah,
0: I like that. Um, yeah, it's a part of a planned trilogy, so that's that's awesome.
2: Yeah, and um cool. So this is again, we're going to be a spoiler filled discussion. uh We're going to talk about some of the major reveals at the end of the book. So if you haven't read the book yet. Uh, I would just maybe tune back in when you've read the book and, uh, and you're ready to hear about, you know, what happens towards the end of the book, which is a lot of exciting reveals happen at the end of the book. And um, what did you, what are your guys' takeaways? What, what did you guys love about this book?
1: I love the people, the characters yeah. um, were fantastic again. Um, you know, I feel like they're kind of on a roll of creating new, really inspiring characters and connecting them to uh, old characters in great ways. Um, And uh, I also love just how visceral the book is, just like how it puts you in the cockpit of a, you know, Y-Wing starfighter and you can, you know, see all the, you know, the worn in damage or, you know, and really feel what it's like to be in these things.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm same way. I mean, the prose is just amazing in this book. I, I sometimes, mm. although, um, you know, although Rogue Squadron wasn't one of my favorite series uh, in the old EU, I sometimes had trouble following the action um that's always been a bit of an issue when i'm reading you know a description of a of a fighter i sometimes couldn't follow it and i had no problem in this book i mean and and grant you already kind of hit on that but but free just writes in a way that i I felt like i was just watching a movie at times it was just just masterfully done adam did
1: you um did you do an audiobook portion for this or did you just read it
0: uh yes (laughs) Uh I did both. I, uh, I I skipped back and forth. I actually used that feature between Audible and Kindle, not to buzz market them, but where it exactly. remembers exactly where you left off, and so I would listen during the day when I was driving, and then jump into the uh, ebook, which I actually felt was a really good way to do it because I kind of used multiple areas of my brain. So that's
1: cool. So what was the audiobook
0: like? It was good. It was, um, it, you know, I was actually kind of expecting a little more in the in the in the way of sound effects. Um, yeah. That I was a little disappointed. I was hoping there'd be engine noises behind the entirety of the scene uh, when they were flying, but they didn't do that. And I wonder if it just would have been kind of overwhelming since so much of the book takes place in cockpits that he just heard you know that yeah. that but uh the music the use of music was was quite good um we got to hear oh. the celebration music from uh <laughs> episode one used uh when they were celebrating so it was fun to hear that kind of coming back around and uh oh. and and especially when they're when he was describing or when the the um when it, when, it, when the uh action scenes were being described the music was quite tense behind it and really kind of made me kind of really tense it was it was quite it was quite well done um not as ton of sound effects as usual but the music was was amazing
1: that's fantastic that they actually laid in music for that i mean that's fairly i mean that's unprecedented right for their books i mean i don't know
0: even
1: in um even in uh uh count dooku's um audio book there was i mean there was some music but it was really just for bumpers
0: it's more, it's, it's, some have them more than others. Um, I think it depends on probably how soon they get the script in and nice. they're able to actually do post-production, but um, they all have sound effects and some music, but this book had a ton of music in it that was really, really quite, quite engrossing.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. really great. That's really great. Yeah. Um, do you guys sort of want to, do you want to start with the characters and just sort of see who, you know, talk about who we're introduced to and then sort of work our way through this um, story and the places they go? Yeah, sure Sounds great. do you have um any anyone have any uh f- so we we sort of we're introduced to our first character who's uh erica quell right and yeah. um she quickly becomes sort of the the building block of alphabet squadron okay. um do you have uh favorite members of alphabet squadron there
2: uh yeah, I'm I've taken a liking to Nath Tencent. I think he's mm-hmm. a super interesting character, kind of uh feels jaded. He's had a lot of trauma and tragedy in his past and uh and he's searching for revenge, but he also there's a lot uh, of concepts and, and notions dealing with revenge throughout the book and how you know if you you know you can if you execute revenge and just for revenge's sake, you know, you're just as bad as the enemy. And so he's got a very empty feeling inside him, but he wants that revenge. Um, uh, I always felt like he was kind of a Han Solo of the group as I was yeah. reading the book,
1: yeah. Uh, especially in yeah. his
2: relationship with Will, I felt like Will was kind of the Luke character and he was kind of the Han character. Of Very Grand much Squad. so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he's the Y-wing pilot, which is really, really cool to hear about the Y-wings. And um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of really cool aspect about Y-wings that I didn't know—like uh, you couldn't jump uh, into hyperspace without an astromech droid. And um oh, things yeah. like that and like, really cool details that were shared throughout the book. But uh yeah, uh I would say Nath Nath. Is it Nath in the audiobook? Uh,
0: yeah, I believe yeah, so. I yeah.
2: Nath cent Yeah, I think it was, I thought it was a really cool character.
1: Yeah. Um I love the uh, Kiros. I gotta yeah. jump on that. Um yeah. she so she's silent, she's the the U-wing pilot. And um well allegedly silent, right? But we know she has a relationship with um Uh, What's his name? Cairn Aiden, um, Mm -hmm. who is the um, the Balosar that we spoke about uh, last week, who sort of this is his baby, right? This is he's he's the one trying to gain. You know, he's been thrust into this role uh, of finding people. And apparently he meets Kairos on like um, on one of their first camps, I guess. And they bonded together and he was in a really tough spot um, and um, they helped each other out of it. I assume Kairos did most of the heavy lifting there. Yeah, it's uh, oh, so. But yeah. <laughs> so, like A that it's like we know it has a gender, we know it's female. Um B that it's like been modified. We don't know how. I mean, it it, it reminded a little me a little bit, a lot of Tamposla sort of what I imagined like Tamposla mm-hmm. with a robe over it, you know. Um but then we learn more about her character as she goes on. She's obviously a killing machine. She carries a bowcaster, which is really cool. Um she's also very wise. She's seen a lot of the galaxy um and then but like her character you know she does what they all tell her stories harrison doula sort of has that scene where she sends them all as on like a bonding camping mission secretly um and to to receive some supplies and she tells a story in like sand with this like yeah Yeah. which is you know iconic and it's you know, what Grant and I were saying before is like so open to interpretation. Um, yes. Because it's right. like, and, and I just love that. It's just like, you know, she was one thing. She became another thing. But it doesn't really point to what she is now or where she's going. Um, so actually, I, I look forward to the next few books to learn more about her character. Yeah. Um,
2: I feel feels- like I feel like in that in that very scene, I think when she was describing uh, or she was showing images of her past with the dust. It yeah. seemed like Vader was in that in that imagery. It was like, oh, there was really? A, there was a star destroyer, and then there was a cloaked figure walking forward in front of it. Yeah. And it was like, who could that be other than,
0: right? Vader, yeah. You know? yeah, I right. ended up listening to that like five times in a row, and and just trying to, to get more out of it. I didn't really, to be honest, get a lot out of it each time, but but I, I definitely got Vader out of it as well. Me too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool.
2: And That's that gonna... was a cool. That was a cool reveal, actually. When Harris sends them to, uh, I think it's called uh, like Hargrova 1 One, mm-hmm. the moon. Yeah, and, uh, and you think she's sending them to a uh, a rebel base to uh, find uh a supply cache but it's it's a jedi temple
1: yeah
2: a really fascinating scene that occurs after that
1: yeah and it's such a shame that like erica had pulled herself out of this the the group when she'd done that so yeah um and
2: erica struggles with leading the group initially she's she's trying to lead like an imperial and she's not getting to know her her the pilots that are flying with her she's not you know uh, reaching out over columns as much and things like that and it's it's she's not used to being part of the new republic it's it's definitely a kind of a, a shift for her that she has to make
1: yeah yeah what about adam did you did we already grab your favorite
0: uh, no, um, mostly because I knew, uh, Ben, I already knew what you were going to choose, so I chose not to choose. <laughs> but, I, nice. but I I, really liked uh, Chas uh, yes. quite a bit. Um, super fun character. Um, I do have a soft spot for characters who are, in, in these war stories, who are kind of uh, courting death. Uh, the entire time and, and learn yeah. that uh <laughs> learn yeah. that that's not the the way to go but but it's it's such a long arc and and it's so well described of just i mean part of what i love about this book is just watching each of these characters kind of other squadrons get whittled down to the point that they're just left alone almost to have yeah. to form this new group it's it's that's it's right. really It really kind of talks about how war is hell in a way that are you, like are you speaking eaten. about the uh, the destruction
2: of the Hellions dare and how chass and and will are kind of the feel like they're alone after that.
0: Yes. It is. It is really, really, really kind of moving part. And plus, I mean she made me love B wings in a way that I didn't really think I ever would love. Like the description <laughs> of B wings yeah. make them sound so I'm just gonna say just so badass in a way yeah, I never yeah. really thought about. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and the fact that she just listens to music the entire time. Oh before, yeah, I, it was just so much fun and such a fun character. We, we finally a, get some music
2: yeah. genres too described. Yeah. I think uh, a Deva pop at the end. She's listening yes. to which is beautiful because yeah. as the book goes on, I think they talk about this metal earlier in the book, but um, uh, it's dev, per
1: perglic,
0: perglic Rage metal. We oh, sorry. we do hear a bit of that in the book. Um, oh, you hear uh, a little bit, metal? But, but it was weird because they don't play the other forms when she's listening to it, and it it, it just sounds like noise. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's <laughs> noise. described as synth tone and bass over the screech of a herglic singer. And yeah. so, uh, for those of you at home that don't know what a herglic is, they're awesome. They're a uh, they're like the killer whale man. They it's look true. like if a killer whale was a man. Yeah, um, they're pretty great. Um, yeah, yeah. and um I'm sure actually the the alien archive that um Grant keeps um would have more information on them. But the idea that they are singers sounds super great. Um there yeah. was also uh, Warbat Trance and Glimmick uh mention. Yeah. Hold on. And um That's right. yeah. yeah, and as a music fan, I mean it made me they, the descriptions were amazing. Yeah. It made you feel like you could actually hear them. You could really tell that that I you know, the character was a music fan, but the author was a music fan too. And um, yeah, we don't we don't know enough about the music in the galaxy far, far away. So that that was one of my favorite things.
0: Yeah. And, you know, we we kind of been hit, hitting a bit about your well. And, it's, and, you know, it's hard to pick her because she's the main character. It right? seems like kind of a gimme to, to, to talk about her as the main character. But I it's such a unique character to have someone who is an ex-Imperial, um, who is at the same time both, you know, sympathetic and. Someone you kind of dislike at times, and and really a complex character in a way that I haven't seen in a Star Wars novel in in a, in a long, long time.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, it's really interesting when she goes back to her memories with uh, Major Soren Keys. Uh, yeah, and and, uh, and he tells he tells her she's kind of sold on the propaganda that she's fighting for her brothers and sisters. Uh, yeah. while, in the, while in the Empire, and uh, it's hard to break away from that notion. Uh, and I think that she struggles with that. Daily, and, uh, and I feel like they are priming a, a kind of major arc between those two characters in this book. I mean, she seems to be loyal to him, and uh, and he seems to be loyal to her. And I would love to see what happens when they cross paths again. Uh, but he's you know under the banner of Shadow Wing, and she is, of course, Alphabet Squadron, Alphabet yeah. leader.
0: Yeah, I almost got the sense that Quell, it's like in a way, would have been what happened to Han if Han stayed in the Imperial Army. Like she talks about throughout the entire not really being it's weird i think on the wikipedia page it describes her she was completely loyal to the empire despite her desire to join the rebellion like how do you have those two conflicting uh thoughts in your head and it feels like han like she joined um the imperials for means to the end to an end just like han did except han Mm -hmm. ran away and she didn't and she got kind of brainwashed a little bit
1: yeah yeah she just yeah. ended up liking it i mean she yeah, yeah. They, they joined for the exact same reasons it's yeah she's a fascinating character and i, I wasn't really reading this book like it was a trilogy it, it didn't really strike me till i read that afterwards yeah but um but yeah her character is a got a very slow development to it like yes it's it's not like oh and then everything came around which is really refreshing in this book like by the end of the book she's She's different, but not very different. You know, no. she's earned a, learned a couple tricks, but she's still this sort of self-loathing person that is disillusioned by both sides. And yeah, I mean, she's pretty much a bummer, but um, she's but she's a complex character and fun to read.
2: Right. Yeah. She's only had a past of kind of destroying worlds, and then at the very end of the novel, she's like, "No, I'm not going to let this one get destroyed." And it's it's, it's quite beautiful that she's trying yeah. to make that turn. Uh,
0: I, I also I was going to say this is that's you know, you hit what really I think I hinted at this last week that this is the that's the part we just mentioned made me get choked up while reading the book or listening to the book, I think, at that point, because it, it, this book is about how you lose yourself in war in a lot of ways, whatever side you're on. You know, even in the Rebellion side, these characters started to lose themselves and what they were fighting yeah. for other than just fighting. And that that moment of realization of what makes us different than the Empire was was actually really beautifully written.
2: Yeah. yeah. And that's why I really like Nath Tencent. I felt like he was yeah. the furthest down the hole in terms yes. of being lost in the grief of war and how, how kind of confusing that can be. And, you know, when he does confront... Uh, uh colonel Nurashikara or grandmother uh toward the end of the book um it, it, you kind of feel that banality of evil you kind of feel like he's he's asking where the orders are coming from uh what who made the order to to destroy his wiring his wiring unit and he's just he's not finding satisfying answers it seems to be like there's just these regimented orders that are you know going down the line and yeah grandmother barely remembers that t- period of time you know it's just it's just it feels like there's there's only confusion to be gained from from seeking revenge
1: right so. yeah that was a great arc and the way it came together and he's just like the fact when he found out like all of his the people that were in that unit are dead he's just like yeah yeah you know like there's the, just the sense of like uh like oh well how am i going to get this and he kills her and he's like i guess that's yeah. it and um really cool scene really really cool scene there um, so that only I mean, the only one we've left, we, we've talked about um, Keros and Chas and Nath and Erica. when I guess we talked about Will a little bit in the other the previous weeks. But it's worth mentioning. I mean, yeah, he's the boy wonder. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. the anti um quell, you know, he was called into service um, by his people and he answered the, you know, answered the bell and just does, you know, he feels like sort of like Native American to me. It's sort of like his inspiration. It's a little bit of his people. He sort of yeah. hides. He hides his spirituality from other people, um, but it's very close to his heart. And um, you know, he talks to his A wing like he would talk yes. to his like the animals that he would be riding yeah. at home. Um, but he's arguably the best pilot in the yeah. uh, in the group. Yeah, uh, it's interesting to hear
2: how spiritual his origins are and how his planet. Hey, all the all yeah. the children were raised by these the sun llamas, I
0: believe they were called. Yeah. Mm. Right. 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 right.
2: Yeah, it was just super interesting. I didn't expect that when I first, when I, you know, I was reading the first chapters with him, I didn't expect that he had just spiritual origin on the planet Pol- Polonius, I think it was called.
1: Yes, yeah, so yeah, um, yeah, it was
2: really cool. I think, I think he shared his story in the Jedi Temple as well. It was really, really interesting.
1: Cool, yeah. And then, um you know, I mentioned Karen Aden was oh, over the top. Um, we, um, Maybe before we get on to the talking about the the dark side people, um, we could talk about the droids a little bit? Sure. Um, so well, Karen Aiden has his own droid, who's a major character in this and is like the, the <laughs> entity that like speaks to Erica like for most of the book. And um, it's Ito or IT-Zero. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. beer's just popping off right now. Um <laughs> And,
0: um, yeah, they refer to him as ito in the yeah. uh in the book. Yeah.
1: Oh, do they? Okay, yeah. I, I thought he, they written they wrote it as uh, Ito, like uh, Karen Reed. Yeah. The, Which, oh, yeah, yeah. once.
0: I prefer that. I prefer your reading of it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no. but it was just like yeah. one like it zero doesn't exactly roll off the tongue, but um, yeah, pretty comical. Like, it's like never, it's a weird, dark comedy that. Yeah. They're, This It's a therapy droid that was a recommissioned torture droid. So you've got a very clear image in your mind. It's that black spear that they use to torture, um, you know, Leia and Han and all that. But um, yeah, and then it's, but it's like this, like, you never trust it. It like sounds like it has your best interest in mind, but it's just like, I, I don't know.
0: And it eventually yeah.
1: gets to be, like, you know, it gets to, like, heal her, like, heal yeah. Erika. And it just, he's like, yeah, I don't get to do that too often. It's pretty great. And it's like, I don't know, really funny droid. I mean, you go, Adam.
0: Uh, you know, that just kind of made something pop in my head is, like, this book reminds me a lot of Aftermath um, in terms of introducing a whole new cast of characters, right, That that can have their own stories and even a comical droid. Right, because we had Mr. Bowens, yeah, sure. but but I feel and, and 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 I really really like um I really really liked aftermath and and, and you know all that he does, but I, I just I feel like Freed kind of mastered it in a way fig- figuring out how to like give ITO humor, but also purpose in the book that he really has a couple of moments of actually being a very significant character, even though he's mostly there for comic relief.
1: Yeah yeah much more comic i mean mr bones is just sort of it's it's pretty heavy handed and it's yeah it's not a really intelligent intelligent creature, and then you've got like k two s o would be a little bit like well that was a recommissioned Imperial yeah. droid two mm-hmm. but that was like um is it ten sorry uh Tudyk, um yeah. is you know really that's his character and i mean it's very original and that's funny but in a very different way. Because it has like a quirky personality, but this is there's actually depth to this this machine character, and it's yeah, it's always menacing. I feel. Yeah,
2: well, I always felt like this was a glaring metaphor. It was this kind of you know, it's this reprogrammed torture droid. It's all these all these star fighters or, or, or pilots, and especially Eureka Quell are are trying to reprogram their own thoughts from this this time when the galaxy was ruled by a very cruel person, you know. And very yeah. end, end of the book, they even talk about how maybe the emperor is just a cruel man, you know, petty and spiteful in the most ordinary ways, you know, and it's just like right. the, that torture droid hails from a time of just such cruelty. And then yeah. hey, now that's been reprogrammed, it's kind of this fun metaphor that's in the book.
1: Yeah. I love. It e- It even uses itself to prove that like theory, just like what kind of person would commission, you know, thousands mm-hmm. of torture droids, you know, who would do that. Yeah. The um,
2: uh, D6 is a Yurka Wells, uh, yeah right
1: right excel and um that could be my favorite one actually yeah it's pretty cool i hope um i hope it gets fixed i don't know if it's just scrap right now or what's up i think it has a mm-hmm. sort of questionable ending to it but i mean erica saves its life and then and it like seems to like answer the bell like really and not only like just help her out but like in a way that's very customized to her personality um which i don't know if she's just lucky or if she just had a really you know responsive droid but that was pretty cool yeah um what are the yeah, droids it are we seemed, in here? yeah it seems like it's a, an empire thing It's just like we use droids but in the in the um rebellion they you know they view droids as people you know as entities yeah. and yeah. other you know consciousness and i guess you know they i think Naf made fun of will for you know always hanging out with the droids and like laughing and playing with them because <laughs> he thought they were the coolest things ever <laughs> yep. and um and yeah again that's probably there's probably a metaphor in there somewhere too yeah um
2: and major droid is the uh the emperor's messenger
0: oh yeah uh I yeah. yeah 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 can't forget about those
2: uh yeah. i thought there would be more of an eventful end with that droid but it kind of just uh i guess scoots away in
1: silence yeah i know it's almost better like maybe we'll see it again in a different or a different one in a different book yeah. or something
0: or That's in just... a or in a movie coming into the theaters this christmas
1: oh yeah, oh, well, yeah
0: got,
1: maybe yeah. yeah i think we'll see it. we'll see one then i think yeah um but yeah it was pretty interesting yeah maybe that'll explain it a little bit because it's like why did it why did it go to the bridge like what, what motivations do these things have? Like why I thought they were just messenger droids, but they move through space and time with, <laughs> with purpose and right. intent and it doesn't make much sense. And like, does it just go there and be like, I want to watch you die now. Be Like, yep, she died. All right. Well, see you later.
0: Yeah. It's really odd. It's, it's something's, I mean, it's, they're just going to have to, something big is coming with, with, um, operation cinder and those, oh, yeah. and, and those droids. And it may it may just be covered in in EU because we do have, what, 30 years to cover between that and episode seven. But but something's there. Right. Really... And uh, oh yeah, where you say, Ben?
1: Sorry, I just I really want a minute of exposition in episode nine. Yeah. To just explain Operation Cinder, like catch people up. I would love to see. It would make sense if that arc came to its conclusion in episode nine. If it doesn't, I feel like. I don't know. Then they're just milking it, or if it happened in the EU, I, it wouldn't be as satisfying to me. Yeah, but no one—if you don't read the EU, you don't know who these things are. So,
2: yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, you could probably open up this book to any page, and you might see Operation Cinder written written down because uh, it's it's all over this book. And you're, well, as much as she's kind of. Uh, Uh, wrestling with the the idea of joining the new republic and kind of her place among this new squadron Uh, she's also thinking about operation cinder what it all means throughout the book it's kind of this this kind of notion that she's trying to unpack this this puzzle and uh, her last comment on it is that it was it was possibly a sorting mechanism a way to separate the people who would commit to these kind of really really bad taste orders to destroy these worlds and um, and those who would obey those kind of commands. And that's kind of her final notion about what it all could mean.
0: What's what's your all final notion? Because I have my final notion on what I think Operation Cinder is about.
1: And no guesses. Well, let, let, oh yeah, let it, go for it. Uh, you want me to, say,
0: yeah. yeah, you go first, Adam. You go. First. I think it's just I'm going to take my ball and go home. I think that's what it is, because 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 the emperor, right, like here's I don't here's what I don't get about this whole thing is that and I've talked about it before a little bit on the podcast. I, a, it seems weird that he has a contingency plan for when he dies, because I don't think he he ever thinks he's going to die. But let's say he does think that he's going to die. I'll give that I don't think he much cares about what the universe is like after his passing he is so obsessed with his own power and not dying that i feel like his whole thing is like not a loyalty test to set up all this and level the playing field and move the board and yada yada, yada. i think he's just i if i die i'm taking as many people with me as i possibly can i'm yeah. just burn the galaxy basically
2: You're like a selfish spiteful
0: kind of, yeah uh, route yeah that's interesting. <laughs>
1: You go, you go um, next, Grant, because I have a feeling we might be on the same page for the first time. Right? I think I think there's fun. a
2: little bit of glacier theory going on. I think we have to wait for Rise of Skywalker to really understand yeah. what Operation Cinder is. But um, I think there's a lot under the water. You know, I think there's. A, I think we're talking about. Yeah, it's it's a sorting mechanism to definitely find the loyal officers of the, the the Empire and to to rebuild a new Empire with those who are most loyal. I, I get that. I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's a whole other side to this. Uh, concept that we're not even thinking about. I think there's, yeah, I think it was a spiteful move. I think he was trying to eliminate all kind of, uh, signs, relics, literature, knowledge of the Jedi. I think he was trying to just eliminate all of that. I think he was trying to, uh, take away planets from the, 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 the kind of nascent budding new rebellion or new Republic, should I say. And, uh, but I also I, I would love to speculate and be a little bit kind of tinfoil here and say maybe there's someone else he's trying to keep his assets away from or like you know if you, if I was to bring Thrawn back into if I was to bring Thrawn back into play I think this would be a perfect way to do it is Operation Cinder was uh, a kind of scorched earth method to to take away assets from Thrawn because the Emperor saw that Thrawn could be a greater Emperor than he could ever be have a bigger statue erected, erected of himself and kind of be the, the the lordship that the emperor wishes he could have been for longer. He only ruled the galaxy for twenty years, you know. Something like that. Sure. So. but uh that's just my tinfoil thrones coming back kind of idea. But um uh yeah.
1: That's I mine is my tin I, I have a tinfoil theory too, because I I feel the same way the same way you started with that, it just feels like there's got to be another shoe that's going to drop. Yeah. The, um, I do, like, it's, it, I, I, I think they're sending us a clear signal that it is a culling mechanism and that, you know, it's been distilled down. And so, like, well, where do you logically, like, all right, so you've got, he created the Empire from the, uh, out of the ashes of the Republic, right? So yeah. it sort of was an incremental move from Republic and it's a democracy to this uh, monarchy, I guess, um, and and fascistness. But like he want like him being Sith Lord, um, he wanted to take it even more oppressive, even more absolute power. And I'm just wondering if it was like contingency, like where he knew the Empire needed to die and out of the ashes of that will be distir- distilled into an even more evil entity Um which I believe would be the first order. So you call out all the non-believers. You just have this raging sociopathic hardcore center to the first order, and like maybe, maybe you know, what if we get a scene where the Empire, like they could even flashback in this movie, and this is super tinfoily, so bear with me. But like he falls down the thing. We see him falling down the shaft that Darth Vader throws him down. He, like, glides down to the bottom, uses electricity <laughs> to, like, explode a, like, power converter to send that thing up. And then he just dis- he's off. And he lets sort of chaos reign. Um, and then he's, you know, he's off to the unknown regions plotting his return. And, you know, he lets Operation Cinder occur. And then, you know, maybe we see him because it's only been, what, 30 years after that? Maybe he's kept himself alive that long. You know, maybe there is a sort of like transferal of consciousness. But it feels like, you know, it feels like there's this chain of events that's happening that's connect that needs to connect to the First Order. That was I I mean, that was started with the Empire. It it continues with Operation Center, And then Mm -hmm. we are where we are.
0: Yeah, Ben, I agree with you. I mean, the only way this makes sense to me, if it's not just a I'm just going to destroy everything for destruction's sake, is if he is coming back, he has a plan to come back, or he never left, right? And I mean, we know this character's development has been obsessed with immortality, right, and cheating death. I mean, that's been built in from the prequels, from the jump. So, like, it makes sense to me if he did all this to, like you said— you know, and Grant, you said it too, to find who's loyal and then because he knows he's coming back to lead this. And to be frank, if he's if he's if he's now found a way to conquer death, what's thirty five years, right, to be waiting around right. to enact his plan if he knows he can live forever? So
1: Yeah. And really shape it the way he wants it to be, which is like a new Sith Empire. Right. Which is, you know, yeah, something even more diabolical than than what uh what the Empire was. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, I think I'm right on right on the same page with you guys. I feel like uh, I mean, the, the best way for this thing to make sense is if the Emperor comes back. The notion of kind of an immortal Emperor, you know, and uh, and I think that's even mentioned in the book at one point, um, but um, I think there is there's definitely a chance he's going to return in Rise of Skywalker. I mean, I, I like the Thrawn route more, my kind of weird tinfoil Thrawn route more, but I mean, it, it's just so geared for the Emperor to return
0: at this point. Well, I like that, too, and I think it works, but I think the way it works is in EU um, between um, between uh, uh, Return of the Jedi and, and The Force Awakens. There's a lot there that we don't know. There could be a whole yeah. intergalactic war with the Chiss that we weren't told about.
2: Yeah, and uh, when when JJ was talking about how when you see Rise of the Skywalker and you see some of the major reveals, you're going to say, oh, yeah, obviously that you know yeah and I, I keep thinking back to thrawn because i'm like oh well, he was built into the novels early on the legends novels of very the empire and he was brought back in rebels and then he kind of disappeared and he and then now this new book by timothy zahn that's coming out just before rise of skywalker called thrawn's yes. treason i'm just i'm thinking why why are we focusing so much on this character if you don't want to show him at the very end of rise of skywalker and keep the threat of the empire alive you know i mean like i just it's kind of something that's been built into my mind, but uh, obviously are, the return of the emperor yeah. is there as well.
0: Yeah, but they are—you're right—they're hard selling Thrawn on us and it's bringing part of that EU. Yeah, so, there's some big plan with him, whether it's in the movies or somewhere else. There's a big, big idea with what to do with that character. I
1: don't know. I think it's just fan service to the the sad EU people that like are still <laughs> sad because Disney <laughs> took all their books away. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's yeah, probably I right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want, want to preface that I'm not one of those people. I, I would no, never really attach the Thrawn. I,
1: I, I don't have anything I'm against those evil. people. Like yeah, I get I it. They committed all this time to these books and they love them. And now they I mean I, I think it's a little silly to think that they're gone now just because they've been relabeled legends, but just to be clear on that.
0: Yeah. No, I I I yeah, same here. Thrawn's fine. I I don't mind him. I don't love him. It's you know, <laughs> it's better than Luke or uh or yes. uh, some of the other characters, <laughs> but but uh, you know it, it's fine, and I'm you know it's an interesting character to do with whatever with. But I wasn't sitting there jonesing for Thrawn to come back in. Yeah, neither am I. Just it's
2: for me uh, seeing the technology of the First Order just just makes me think Thrawn. Like that's yeah. just that's just my whole kind of it feels organic in that aspect.
1: Yeah. Do they um, do the Tie Fighters have shields and hyperdrives? Because that would be a, a giveaway that Thrawn maybe. Remember because Thrawn created the uh, TIE Defenders and right, was, right, right. Like, these are the weapons yeah. that will help us, you know, he would thought the TIE Defenders would be stronger even than a uh, Death Star.
2: Right, because I don't know how you'd have these technological leaps after the Empire Falls unless someone's involved who wants that to be the prerogative or like the, you know, the the primary objective to, to make that, thing, to, to have the Stormtroopers look sleeker to create cool new you know uh tie interceptors to create just fun new designs and new ships and things like that like i don't know who would do that other than <laughs>
0: well not to drop the last jedi bomb in the middle of this this whole thing but uh <laughs> if we're to believe dj it's just the the uh it's the um it's the war machine basically selling arms right, to the rest yeah. sides it's <laughs> but anyway yeah um,
1: and i think i read something that uh it was like an interview with jj as far as like well what what's the difference between the tie like the x-wings now and the x-wings before and it was just like it's just like a natural progression of how m- mechanics work it's sort of like yeah that you know he's like imagine your old like you know dodge challenger and like versus okay. the new one where it's just sort of like well now it's got all these new modified bells and whistles and stuff so it's just sort of like, well, these things are there. There is the war machine, like you said, Adam, and it's just sort yeah. of like it's organically getting slightly yeah. sharper. But, I mean, there hasn't yeah. been so a master, lot. Faster,
0: sleeker, of more powerful. Everything's sleeker 30
2: years later. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. It makes yeah.
0: Sense. Um, You know, since we're talking kind of about EU stuff, I want to talk about Hera, uh, Sandula for yes um, Yes. Exactly. Oh. You know, and this, is, this goes beyond just this book, but I think this book kind of clarified it. They have done such a masterful job in the shows and the comics and these books of making me forget that Hera hasn't been part of the rebellion since we were watching <laughs> Yeah, hope. Yeah. Like she just feels, she fits organically into the entire story of the rebellion in a way no other EU character has. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I love how she has become hero. Like yeah. the rebels series was her hero's journey. As long as her cast, but like, now that's who she is and she's that hero and it's like she's she's achieved almost apotheosis right like she's this yeah. wise character now that has this context and she understands and she's almost you know she's a little ben yeah. kenobi like she's got yeah. all these things and um yeah i loved i love the way they used her character in this and i, I really it really yes. made me feel like wow she's really cool and it made me want to go
0: back and see her journey again yeah, I was saying the same thing. I'm like, maybe I'll rewatch Rebels, <laughs> which I know I will at some point. But I
2: almost—I think she's like credited with the the victory at Pandem Nine and all that stuff at the end of this. And it's kind of like yeah. she's just this total general war hero at the end of the book. And it's just so brilliantly yeah. brilliantly done and deserved. It's, it's incredible that she was brought into this story.
0: I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we just start seeing if Disney just doesn't start pulling a Lucas and they start digitally adding her into stuff in the
1: background, <laughs> right? Well, she was added to, she was in Rogue One, which is pretty cool. They made a, you know, picture of that. There was, uh, the ghost is in. um, The uh, ghost and Chopper. Well, the ghost is in Return of the Jedi. There's, there's like. There's one wide where you see this diamond shaped ship ship just sort of fly across the bottom of the, of the the screen.
2: Really? Because I I thought that ship was only in Rogue One landing at the rebel base or whatever
1: it is it is on the at the rebel base you see sort of half of it um yeah i never i never saw chopper people told me is there but I, I never saw him so Oh, yeah, he's Chopper's
0: definitely in the movie he's there you can google it it's really quick um i mean honestly it could just be a droid that looks like chopper but they're saying it's chopper
1: right yeah no i'm pretty sure there's um there is a there's a still out there of it's just like a diamond shape sort of Running across, like the the foreground is like bee wings, but like then on the bottom you see that the thing going and uh, at Endor. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, did we get any mention of her uh, of Jason Sindula in the book?
1: No, there's uh, no mention of Jason. I don't. No, that's a good point. No, she never talks about her son. That's sort of dubious.
0: I-, I was wondering the same thing. Like that just didn't. I guess maybe it was a she kept that child secret, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would. He, he must be force sensitive. I would think, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: I wonder where was he? He was with. When was the last time we saw her? Which was... didn't uh, did he go with on the just mission after to the battle find
0: of of Endor Yeah,
2: yeah. Just after the battle of Endor, we saw her flying. Was it the ghost or was it a different ship? I think it was a different ship.
0: It might have been. I'm not sure. That's funny. Yeah. Um,
2: did she's she flying off and she meets with Sabine on? Uh, that planet is
1: Lothal or whatever. Lothal. Yeah. Wait, so was he with Hera and Sabine going to, f- and Ahsoka going to find Ezra? No, or was, was, no, Sabine that was just and Sabine Ahsoka and Ahsoka. Yeah. So, oh yeah, so we just saw those two together. Yeah, so he should be with, you know, the Rebellion, but maybe she did stash <laughs> him and try and hide him from all that. But she doesn't have much of a life, it looks like, other than the Rebellion, so...
2: Yeah, and she's mm-hmm. traded up in, in, in ship class. She's now uh uh she got the uh like acclimator,
1: uh oh. destroyer from the Clone Wars. What was it? Uh the Lodestar, what is that? The Lodestar, Lodesthip? yeah. It was um I I think it's the an acclimator class. An yeah,
0: acclimator it's... class.
2: Like frigate from the clone war. Yeah, that's a huge ship. So I mean, she has so many people working under her and at this point she is just she's in a completely different mode than we've seen her in, in rebels and things like that. So this is it's interesting to see her in this general role.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. I looked back through my um my searches to see if it was there, but um it only goes back six or it's Kind of a
2: kind of a confounding end to this book uh with when Panamna starts exploding into fire and um it seems like the the New Republic themselves are kind of triggering this this part of Operation Cinder. You know what I mean? That was kind of a strange... That was kind of like a... I, I, it caught me by surprise. I was like, oh, Eureka thinks that... Or Erika thinks, you know, they're going to destroy the planet. And that's it's just playing into the, the hand of the, the Emperor and his messengers and things like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry, I was just searching. It is an acclimator class. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah i think I think a big part of it was kind of that that trying to start suggesting that what's you know was the distance between the rebellion or 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 as grandmother likes to say the separatists and uh <laughs> one of my favorite little touches in the in the book but you know the the rebellion republic separatists and the empire right like <laughs> you know it's this idea of and they even talk about it is like what are what are what are acceptable losses right what are acceptable um casualties uh of war in order to yeah. to end and, and i think that's really a really thoughtful way to talk about it
2: right she's been around for a, quite a long time yeah I think, before yeah. even the galactic empire rose to power i think she was part of the republic and uh, she even says i think she even has a line where she says i saw the galactic empire rise to uh to power and and become like a uh, rise to glory a uh, more gloriful than the the old republic or something like that and i was like wow really okay like yeah. how would you know how you know how much glory they achieved in the old republic or how 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 great it was like i don't
1: how she was, was alive character? yeah she made that she dropped that line where she's like we won that war too when she was talking about like fighting the separatists and the droids yeah so right, that was right. that. Was, she used the royal way she I was an agent. She, said, she yeah. said,
2: "Old Republic," and I was like, "The old Republic." We're getting knowledge of
0: the. Oh, Republic. oh, the old Republic. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was like, "Well, I, you know." They even talked a bit about. I think it was in this book, right? They talked a bit about the 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 idea of trying to wipe away the Jedi and what the Jedi were and what they meant, and 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 I thought that was really just kind of interesting background of just this idea of trying to kind of, you know, purge the Jedi from the, from the memories of people. And cause it's always been a question to me, right? It's, it's only been 20 yeah. years. Yeah. we see the world in a new hope. It feels like people are like Jedis don't exist. <laughs> yeah. That's just a rumor, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. And uh, yeah, she yeah. She even kind
2: of commends Palpatine for uh, rooting out those kind of mystics those, <laughs> who betrayed the Republic or whatever. Yeah. It's a kind of a fun line. I'll have to dig in and find where that is, but uh, it's really cool
1: cool man um any other good uh lore drops or anything that that was in there that you particularly liked
0: um nothing else that comes to mind what about
1: you do you have anything Uh
2: uh, there were slang for the like Tie fighters and Tie bombers that were cool to read. There was like the, the called dupes. The bombers are called dupes, I think.
1: Yeah, because they're uh, double, right?
2: yeah. double, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was cool. It was cool. It was cool to hear some of the jargon and slang. Yeah. Yes. Well,
0: lots I was of just beverages. Yeah, <laughs> lots, yeah, beverages lots this of beverages. <laughs> I I just love the way he talks about the different abilities and strengths and weaknesses of mm-hmm. you know the A A through Y wings and. It really got. It's going to change my viewings of of the movies from now on. I think in a way of just really understanding why they would use what and what sort of circumstances and, and the way they kind of um, worked with each other was just really just well well described.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Just, lots of squadrons too. Yeah. yeah, lots of squadrons.
1: Squadron names. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: Tavern angels of Jeddah. That was cool to hear about.
0: Oh
1: yeah. Chast- oh, right, right, right.
2: Chast- 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 Chatt- I think, flew with them yeah um, yeah yeah and and Jin urso a lot of Jin urso mentioned in this book
1: oh which is pretty yeah
2: cool.
1: yeah because it was Chas. Yeah. So that's yeah. clearly her hero and i mean yeah. it makes sense that she worships a martyr you know yeah um, because that's what she wishes for herself um <laughs> which is sort of great yeah um yeah actually that hera actually dropped in a conversation uh with chas she was trying to like warm up to her she was like oh you know i was uh I was with the people that, that brought in the first B-Wing. Like, she was being humble because she brought in the first B-Wing. Yes. Like, the yeah, prototype. Right. She was like, oh, I was on the team that brought in the first, you know, prototype of that. And um, But uh, I thought that was great because that's I think that's probably my favorite episode of Rebels is when yeah. she goes and meets that uh, Moncal in that crazy world and convinces oh, yeah. her, uh, him to that's give right. her the ship. Um, which is yeah, pretty so cool. good, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I have a, a bunch of other little fun things, and maybe I can just rattle off quickly. Yeah, go for it. Um, the different things. But one thing they mentioned um, Empire Aces, um, and they mentioned uh, they're like, oh yeah, like I think Erica's you know talking back to like the the legendary Aces of the Empire, and she mentioned scaris yeah. uh, Baron yep. Rudor, mm-hmm. and Yassafine Kal- Kalarda. Um, yep. and Volt and Baron were both we both saw actually, which was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, they were in Rebels, so that was, that was cool to hear the, yeah. that
1: callback. Um, there's the uh the ghost ships of Gendorn, um, yes. which was just like great world building, and um the fact that it's like this celestial anom- anomaly that like records the history of like what happened in that sector, and um that's beautiful and great. Um I loved the Harch, which yes.
2: is that's right.
1: uh, yeah, which is actually <laughs> yeah. like kind of a uh, pejorative, uh, not really racially. No. Are, you, no. are you like moving furniture over there?
0: <laughs> oh no, sorry, I knocked my uh, my chair.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. It sounds like you have like a, a file cabinet that you're dragging back. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm like, it's what's good, he doing good, with all those files?
0: Good audio for the for the podcast, and yeah, I'm sorry yeah.
1: about that. No, no, it's fine. So I, I uh, tried
2: to note some of the squadrons. Ben, tell me if you if you noted these same ones. We had Riot, Hound, hail vanguard specter um mm.
1: i would think yeah nice specter callback too yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah
2: yeah uh any other squadrons
1: uh, i didn't maybe, maybe you know what i didn't missing. i didn't write down squadrons that was not one of the things i took notes In on
2: it, pretty <laughs> interesting that the the call signs for alphabet squadron were just their names like i won't yeah. they just say yeah. you know tencent or whatever it's like lark tencent or whatever
1: yeah do you think they're yeah. going to um do you think Alpha Squadron, Alphabet Squadron is going to get bigger in the next books. Do you think it could grow? Uh,
2: what ships are we? What like fighters are we missing? I mean, we have most the kind of letter, letter uh, designated
1: fighters. Yeah, none. But I mean, just like, could they add a couple more X-wing fighters? Like, is there? Sure. You know, do you think are we just going to look at these five pilots um for the rest of the of the series, po, or are they going to get inev- more? It's
2: inevitable that Poe has to come into this story at some point in terms of like at least. Eric quell at least knowing about him or, or you know
0: yeah
2: finding yeah. a young poe or something
0: i was i was kind of surprised in a way that um I, I was almost expecting Eric quell to actually get her hands on a tie at some point yeah oh yeah and, and, was, and so maybe she becomes maybe she gets a tie fighter because that's what's comfortable with and we get a different x-wing pilot in there or something oof. Well, who
2: who taught Poe to fly? It would be fitting if Eric Quell taught him to fly because he flies a tie in Force Awakens.
0: I think his parents. Yeah, I think oh, his parents. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: I'm writing my own canon here.
1: <laughs> it could be man, you know, and every, yeah. He might need a new mentor once he's enlisted in the resistance. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. Um. We haven't really talked much about Keezy... I guess we did for the past couple of weeks, but um or keys, sorry, he's keys yeah. in mind. Yeah. How keys. does it yeah, yeah, it's pronounced keys it's in the audio book. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: well, I mean, we know he's gonna come back and it seems he's I mean, he had a turn at the end of the story. Um, which yeah. I did not I I knew that was what I got spoiled, was I knew he was it that that was the character from early in this thing, but I really loved his side mm-hmm. story. You know, it like yeah. when we go to Marinzabon, um yeah. and um and we see his little, you know, how he arms the villagers. He gets his own little seven samurai story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I just, I just liked his character. But it was a bummer that, like, the way it went was like he ran into a couple tough, you know, resistance fighters, and um, it pushed him back to the dark side. Yeah, I, I really yeah. thought he was going to be on the good guys, but there he is.
0: No, it was, it was a good turn. I wasn't, I didn't expect it either. But it looks like he's going to be the, the big bad for the next one.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: No escape for him, for sure. He's going yeah. to
2: the, uh, the end of the galaxy. Yeah.
1: Which is quite impressive that he's still around because the, it appears that the 204th just like is a wood chipper for pilots. Yeah. They said that the, yeah. um, what's your uh, grandmother said, the average.
0: Like you seven know, the months. Average right? thing
1: was like yeah, seven months. <laughs> yeah, like and then
0: that. I remember that line. And that time decreases every time they have to put in new pilots, right? Like <laughs> right. It just yeah. It gets worse and worse and worse as time goes on.
1: Yeah. Right, because you have worse wing wingmates and um, mm-hmm. worse job. Pretty crazy. Um. Yeah, I liked in in. I think it was in marinzabon They had a, a part of town called Little Namodia, where it's like the <laughs> Namodians, like it's right. like Chinatown on like a. Yeah. Planet. I just thought that was a great, that was a great um, part to that. And they had a nemoidian bartender, which is pretty cool. Yes. Uh, I learned a word in this. Uh, it's sort of crazy to think, like in a Star Wars book, that they would have thing. But have you ever heard the word before? Um, in Chope? Yeah, yeah, Chope,
2: anyway. "inchoate" before? Inchote?: Yeah.
1: I n c h o a t e. I've never heard that word. Um, and it means just begun, not fully formed that's like, right i think oh,
0: yeah. i have but i could not define it does that make sense like i know i've heard yeah, it before but I have it, to yeah. look it up I'm, every time because i was like yeah i've heard that and they started defining i'm like nope don't have it and yeah yes,
1: i've never it. i've never seen that word before
0: mm-hmm.
1: um so i was like oh that's pretty cool um yeah. there's a planet called venex and um i imagine a planet with a bunch of like gay dudes with ironic sunglasses um at the mission to venex nobody Okay.
2: Nobody's there for that. <laughs> Nobody's like left hanging completely. Okay.
1: Well I thought that was funny. I,
2: <laughs> Vernix?
1: Oh V yeah. V uh, mission to V It's like V N E X and I was like V and I was like
2: I was like, there's a Vernon. Oh yeah, Venex. That's right Yeah, it's a
1: planet V you know? Uh, for, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, why
2: why wear it a venex occasionally? All right. No uh, that well, happened.
1: yeah, no, I'm not I saying that's it. So cool. It's just what I imagine. It's just like, if <laughs> I everyone...
0: <laughs> I gotcha, yeah.
1: Okay, maybe I don't have to be so... I can see that. No, no, I no, can see it that.
0: took me a second to, to put it all together. This is gold,
1: you. people, and none of you think I'm funny. Again,
0: uh, two, two, hour, two hours of sleep, so... <laughs>
2: <laughs> there were so uh, many planets man. mentioned in this book that I, I didn't catalog yeah. them all. I should have. But um,
1: Yeah, there was a lot of planets mentioned. Lots. Um, they mentioned the uh, Ring of Kafreen, White Drift yeah. Exchange. I mean, great. Yeah. You know, uh, Grant and I work together, and so we're constantly just like talking about like great Star Wars names that occur in nature. But it's like, yeah. this is like, he must have been <laughs> writing down like names like constant. like he, he must have a notebook full of these things because there were so many great Star Wars like places, mm-hmm. uh, uh, names. Uh, proper names and people um
2: yeah i think like there were more locations in this book than most of the other ones i've read in the past yeah. couple of years
1: yep um uh, there was um there was one the the light freighter that was carrying um the captured imperials was a Gutrock 690 light freighter mm-hmm. um that was the model of ship that um ray discovered abandoned in the um the dunes of um uh, why am i blanking right now the her desert planet she lives on Jakku. Jakku. um and did you read the book that was like a journey to the force awakens and they had short stories for each of the characters Mm pre-force awakens yeah um so her that was that whole story was around her um Having this pet project of putting this starfighter back together to get her off the rock or whatever, right? Um, oh, people ultimately steal it from her. But that was that was the model of the the, um, the thing that she was working on.
2: Interesting. Yeah, uh, lots yeah. of ships in this. I get to
1: say. Yeah, a lot of ships, um, and then blasters too. Um, Nath Tenzin has a DL twenty one, which is um, uh, Panda Baba had that. and so does dengar has a Mm. a deal (laughs) you're out and then um chastity had a great one a kd-30 um is it's called like a dissuader the dissuader (laughs) and it it shoots um hollow bullets uh, projectile slugs filled with acid
0: that's right i remember that being described that was yeah
1: yeah i'm surprised we got the description because i looked it up before she actually shot the thing and i was like i wonder and then i was like sure enough oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> um all right that's my that's my mixed bag of random that's also
0: awesome.
1: uh, proper nouns that's good stuff. Uh,
0: i just i was i was kind of looking up before we started um the author alexander freed and he's had a really interesting career with uh star wars um mm-hmm. He's been around for about the past decade, but he's kind of slowly built his way up into the into the books. He did a lot of work on the comics, uh, old EU comics, in um, the old Republic era. Wrote actually quite a bit for um, Star Wars video games. He he wrote for the old Republic. He wrote for Battlefront Two. Um, but this is kind of his first real foray, foray into completely his own world. He wrote. He wrote the Battlefront Twilight Company book for which was the, yeah, like a canyon book, which is good. A lot of good um, night numb in that book. Yes, right. that's right. <laughs> he wrote uh he wrote the adaptation of Rogue One, um, which I don't think I read. Grant, did you read that one? I didn't either, no. Yeah. I, I want to now. After reading
2: this, I definitely want to read Rogue One level this
0: Yeah, but again, you know, but this is his first kind of completely his own not tied into necessarily uh, something other than a comic Uh, and he also wrote the contingency plan short story from a certain point of view um and that's the one i think towards the end when mom mothra is figuring out what to do if the rebels don't destroy the the uh death star kind of um um writing up her surrender speech to palpatine right it's really dark but it's really good it it ties. I feel like this now. I didn't realize it was the same person, but thinking back to that, yeah, to that book, I can see that that writing style really tie, tying in that kind of like war is hell mentality.
1: I, I feel like yeah. I need to reread that book like every yeah, because We keep going back to it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Th- I mean, this this book was just rife with post World War II vibes and and that kind of like you know uh, Operation Paperclip kind of notion that you're you're finding defectors, you're finding people who are part of the old regime and uh swaying them to your side all that kind of stuff i thought that, i thought it was just so it's just a beautiful time to tell a story within um uh, and i hope to see more I, i'm just excited for the next book honestly like me i'm too. excited for the next two books
1: yeah me too i, I mean I, I can't think of a book i like more than this book right now it's really great um i do actually i did i did love master and apprentice and all those but it, it's really really first quality literature yeah a, out of them yeah
0: I agree. I think it, I think it's taken the top slot for me with the new EU.
1: Yeah,
2: I think awesome. I think I agree actually because uh, last shot was incredible. I just there the politics in this are just so interesting. Yep. I really am missing politics in Star Wars with the new trilogy and things like that. I mean, I know George did a little went over the top with politics in the prequels, but it's it's a really interesting part of the, like the the whole story structure is to hear what's going on around the galaxy and what people are doing and I'm so fascinated by that stuff.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, great book. Um, thanks for listening to us, um, rattle on, on about this book. Um, I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did and, um, we'll look forward to the next book coming out, which will be, um, Thrawn treason. Um, that's going to be, I think July 27th. Uh, yeah. that's coming out. And, um, yeah. Um, and so next week, uh, please, uh, enjoy. We have a special episode about, uh, John Williams. Um and his music, and we're going to um, sort of set out a little structure for what kind of themes he does, and then um, pick our favorite um, songs, um, deep cuts, and um, each do a bunch of those. So um, that's a great episode that I edited this morning, and it sounds awesome. Um, so enjoy that, and then we'll be back um, live the week after, um, live-ish, live <laughs> And we'll have a, a bunch lot. of comics to talk about. Yeah, we'll be hopefully live. Um, yeah. And um,
0: yeah. <laughs> So great. Um, On that ominous uh, note.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening and may the force be with you. This is Grex Kondak
2: signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the
1: force will be with you always.